We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Chargers fans. This is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media, including our Patreon account, where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Unfortunately, uh, we are covering another Chargers terrible loss. Alex, you live uh, pretty close to uh, where the Chargers are playing today. Can you smell the stench of that special team's performance? Uh, I can smell it pretty good. I can smell Ty Long's butt all the way from the grass uh, at Miami uh, <laughs> at Miami Gardens. So, it, uh, yeah, not a good day for the special teams. Not a good day for the Chargers in general today, except maybe like Kalen Balaj and Paraman, uh, which is, you know, we're digging pretty deep for that. So been that kind of year. It really has, unfortunately. And we'll, we'll definitely get to those guys. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing, man? The entire game I did homework and it was a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so cause at least at least that I can is, complete oh, my man. homework. The Chargers can't complete a full game. No, they cannot. But hey, you know, at least you were productive mm-hmm. and, and, you know, did the things that you had to do, I guess. So. Good on you. Um, so let's start with the special teams because it was absolutely atrocious today. Um, they did have the four penalties. They had three offsides and the block in the back by Elohi Gilman. They obviously had the blocked punt. And to me, you know, I guess the blocked punt was bad. Don't get me wrong. It obviously set up a touchdown. Uh, but to me, equally as bad is allowing Jakeem Grant 19 yards per punt return. 
And Jakeem Grant is a, you know, he's a good player. He's a good return man. But, you know, when you're netting basically 20 yards on punts, uh, your defense is going to be in a bad position. And when your defense sucks, that is, is going to be a, a tough game for this Chargers team. Uh, all around special teams just was atrocious today. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the 19 yards per punt and I looked at it. He averaged 19 yards per punt, but his long was 20, which basically means he literally averaged like 19 yards per punt on every punt. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, a 60 yard return and two for four. I mean, it was literally 19, 20, you know, 21 or whatever it was or 18. So yeah, atrocious. I, I kind of felt bad for Ty Long on the blocked punt because he did kind of fumble the ball a little bit and he tried to get it off and it got blocked. But that was just the beginning of things to come. It was as bad a special teams performance as I can ever remember. Um, it only would have been highlighted or better uh, if Badgley missed a kick, but he didn't, even though the, the PAT unit tried as their hardest to make it as difficult as possible. <laughs> another five yards deep. So I don't know. It, it was it was as bad as as ever could have been, and if you'd like to fire a coach, please drop off Stewart at the nearest you know retirement home in Miami. We can have Alex take <laughs> care of him. Alex is a really nice guy, you know. I think he's doing something medical school related, or you know. So I think he's he'll be able to take care of him, no problem. You know, we'll send him a nice edible arrangement, and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um... It was just a tough day all around today, and we talk about, you know, the defense being bad, uh, but in the first half, the Dolphins scored 17 points, and I'm like, I can't really blame the defense, because, you know, the first uh, drive of the game was the, you know, block punt that put the Dolphins right on the one, then they have Quinton Meeks, uh, they get a a third down stop, then Quinton Meeks jumps offside, that's a second touchdown, and, you know, then they allow a field goal on a drive. So it's like they scored 17 points and the defense didn't really play bad other than, I guess, you know, some in some aspects, but not nothing that like we've seen in the previous couple weeks, I guess. And then, you know, you're starting in the second half and it's some of the same special teams miscues and uh, stuff of that nature. <laughs> and, you know, we mentioned it, but uh, Michael Badgley didn't even get to kick today and special teams was still... Uh, horrendous. So we didn't even get to experience that roller coaster. Uh, but yeah, it's it's bad. Um, Fire Stewart, <laughs> you know, completely, 100% agree. It, it's just tough at this point because I don't know what can make it better. And in terms of the Chargers all around today, even when the Chargers were blowing leads and, you know, being in these close games, uh, I had never really questioned the level of effort. Um, but today I really questioned the level of effort with the amount of penalties they were taking, uh, and just the overall performance in general, you know, running it with Balazs instead of ever passing on the 21st ranked passing defense in the league, uh, and stuff like that. So, and, you know, I, I wrote about how awesome Shane has been for the offense and then Shane comes out and lays that egg. So, uh, that was just kind of the game today, and uh, I I don't really know how this team gets any better going forward, at least in the short term. It's so it's been so frustrating, man, because like you know you you're so close with all these games, and you're showing all these positive signs, especially on offense, and, and you know it's just like you know you're not able to seal the deal, and then you come out to against the Miami Dolphins, who are a good team, like they're seven and three. But they're not really like a legit seven and three, in my opinion. Like they are 
winning almost exclusively because they're so well coached and and sure you know that's that's pretty much it for me and that was the difference in the game you talked about Shane Steichen Gus Bradley was out coached today George Stewart is not a good good at his job to me the difference in this game was so blatantly obvious and that it was it was coaching and that's all it was and Brian Flores is doing a heck of a job and they're tied with the Buffalo Bills in first in the division right now so you know this this Miami team might be you know playoff bound which is is crazy to think and considering that the chargers and the dolphins were literally one spot away in the draft and the dolphins are clearly all on the way up and the chargers are potentially doing another rebuild this year like i know everybody wants to talk about this stacked roster but they have a ton of a ton of issues and we were talking before we logged on about you know the upcoming draft which i hate that we're already talking about the upcoming draft it just freaking sucks this team more than ever needs to trade back and, and stack up some some good pieces because they have a ton of roster holes. And you know, you mentioned you know the defense playing bad. Melvin Ingram is the leader of this defense, right? And without Joey Bosa, he arguably is the most important player on the defense. He had zero sacks and zero tackles. So, you know, this team needs it needs a lot of juice and it needs a lot of it needs to jumpstart this defense because outside of Joey Bosa. And Derwin James, I, I don't love what I'm seeing out of anyone in terms of long-term ability. I just don't. Yeah, uh, I I, <laughs> I asked our Bolt Beat site editor, Jason Reed, if I can do a mock draft uh, instead of team grades tomorrow. Uh, just because I couldn't do team grades today. I couldn't do it again. Uh, but, yeah, so stay tuned for that mock draft. But it's just <laughs> such a horrendous... Uh, effort today and yeah we talked about kind of the foundational pieces right going forward um is melvin ingram a player we're moving forward with i mean (laughs) it was funny because the conversation was at the beginning of the year like oh some team like the jets or someone will overpay ingram and the chargers won't be able to keep him no one's paying anything for ingram now i mean (laughs) he can't get a sack he's not getting any defensive pressure it's like you might be able to, you know, keep him for like a, I don't know, what J.R. Smith's contract. Uh, that's pretty, <laughs> feels like what it is right now. Um, but yeah, other than Bosa, other than obviously Derwin, if he's healthy next year, um, you talk about long-term pieces on the defense, and it just doesn't feel like there are any. Uh, I guess Jones will be here another year, or not Jones, uh, Joseph, but. Uh, it's just uh, it's it's tough to watch this defense, and it, it feels like now the offense is on the up and up, but now the defense will be in a rebuild, which is kind of the opposite of what it was with uh, Rivers, right? It was everything else on the team was pretty awesome last year, aside from Rivers, and now we have the opposite problem where we have this potentially generational quarterback, and now everything else on the team happens to be falling apart. Um, so it's a weird dynamic to be in. Yeah, it's so unexpected for this defense to be the thing that let us down, not us, excuse me, let the Chargers down this season, especially heading into the year, would have been their strength. Now it's, well, I guess special teams sucks worse, but it could have been, you know, this feels like their weakness um, and unexpectedly all around. Okay, here's one. The Chargers, let's say they are sitting at the fifth pick and they can take Panay Sewell or they can trade back and take two defenders. Which one are you doing? Oh, man. I- so let, let's talk about Panesul first because, you know, I've studied him a bunch. I studied him a bunch over the summer, especially after he opted out. Panesul 
is the best tackle prospect any of us have ever seen since Joe Thomas getting that out right now. And so, you know, I've been telling everybody like they're not getting Penesul, they're not getting Penesul. Well, what the hell do I know? Apparently, because the Chargers <laughs> suck ass. So, you know, I thought this team legit had a, a chance of getting like up to the number ten pick, maybe eleven, something like that. You know, they're firmly in the Penesul territory, and they need him, right? And Sam Tevy has been, he's improved a lot. And I was arguing with someone today about like they should bench Sam Tevy. It's like the problem right now on this team is not Sam Tevy. <laughs> um, so if they can take Penesul. I think you do that. But if you bring in a new defensive coordinator and you think that your defense is so, so bad that you need to reload, I wouldn't hate that move. I, as much as I would love for this team to finally, finally have a cornerstone generational tackle, if they traded back and tried to solve the defense with injecting some some youth and, and getting some good picks, I would not be opposed to that approach at all. I think the thing in the secondary uh, right now is you're, you know, Chris Harris and Casey Hayward are like the only ones under contract next year, right? In terms of the cornerback position. So I feel like you kind of have to take a cornerback yeah. early, whether it's first round, second round, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, obviously, Ingram might not be back. We don't know. Um, you know, we'll see what they do in the interior. But, you know, uh, Jenkins is a free agent also, right? Um, so yeah. yeah, they, they have a bunch of guys that aren't going to be back. And honestly, at this point, you know, <laughs> Steven showed me, uh, his draft crush, which was, uh, Quiddy pay, uh, from, uh, Michigan. So, you know, I, I saw him play and, you know, Steven said he looks like a clone of Ingram, uh, which, you know, I saw a little bit in his game in the clip he sent me. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to maybe if you, you know, swindle two picks and you can get. Caleb, uh, you can get the cornerback from Virginia Tech, and you can get uh, Quiddy Pay, and you know then you maybe have your edge and your cornerback uh, cornerstone. So that would be fun. Um, obviously, Penesua would be hard to turn down, uh, though, with how highly regarded he is as an offensive tackle prospect. So it's uh, it's pretty telling that we're already <laughs> talking about the draft twelve minutes into this episode. <laughs> Uh, but that's, uh, that's where we are. Yeah, gosh. Any thoughts, Tyler? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. I think Lynn <laughs> is gone at this point. But if Lynn returns next season, and Ingram continues to play the way that he is, I almost feel like that's a stupid reason for them to keep him. Because Lynn will be loyal and Ingram won't cost much. And I feel like you're going to get yeah. stuck with the... Not that the Bosa-Ingram duo is terrible. as they, You could do a lot worse. But I almost feel like because he's not playing that well, they actually might be able to keep him. So, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's a tough situation to be in because, I mean, Melvin Ingram, he, he was voted a captain and, and he clearly, like... When him and Bosa are together, this defense is much better. Uh, you know, we've seen that you know time and time again. And but they move him around on, on on the defensive line. He can't get pressure against the guards anymore. He can't get pressure on the edges anymore. If they bring him back cheap and they do put him in a supporting role where he's getting 15, 20 snaps a game, I'm fine with that. 
But I'm going to guess that Uchenna and Wosu played less than 20 snaps again today. And, and to me, that's just not acceptable because he's, he's clearly been the second most productive pass rusher and second most efficient pass rusher on this team. And, you know, I looked at it up. I looked it up the other day and he's getting pressure on like 14% of his reps and Melvin Ingram's getting pressure on like seven. Like it's, it's bad. And, you know, it's just unfortunate because they have a potential long-term asset right there and they just won't play him because apparently Melvin Ingram is playing the best ball of his career or whatever Anthony Lynn said, which I thought was just bullshit. But I don't know, man, this, this team, Penesul is not fixing this roster. Pay is not fixing this roster. They're not fixing this team. They're not the missing piece, right? They, they have a bunch of missing pieces on this team. And one of those to me that, that I'm kind of done with now is Nasir Adderley. You know, I was really excited heading into the season about, you know, him finally getting the chance to play. We didn't know what kind of role he was going to have. This dude takes such bad angles and he misses two or three tackles a game. Like everybody hates on Rayshon Jenkins, but he was not this bad. And he was getting interceptions occasionally. We've seen one interception from Nasir Adderley. We've seen no other turnovers. Rayshon Jenkins was not this bad. And, and so you bring back Rayshon Jenkins, put him at free safety. And I'm kind of done with Nasir Adderley. And, and draft a safety if you have to. I, I, I just don't. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with this defense. And it sucks. Yeah, what an unfortunate turn of events for a guy to be, you know, so highly touted coming out of college. You know, he was the steal of the draft. Kind of like Lamp. And then he gets hurt, you know, but he, then he plays in the preseason game. He looks amazing. Oh my gosh, you have your guy, you know, and then why, you know, why are we, st- why are we starting Rayshon Jenkins at free safety? We should be starting to see Adderley. Well, this is why. Um, unfortunately, they, <laughs> it's kind of sucks that they found that out so early that Nasir Adderley has a really tough time making tackles or taking their correct angles. But I, mean, I don't remember the last time Rayshon Jenkins blew an entire game, you know, for the Chargers. Not that he's never made bad plays. You know, Adderley, you know, blowing it against the against the uh, Broncos. You know, I, this guy is always late to make a tackle. Cam, the, look, the only pick that he had was kind of a gift. It wasn't even like it was a great, you know, play yeah. on the ball, you know, or whatever. It was kind of just a gift from a bad throw from Breeze. Otherwise, he's just the guy that makes the tackle after eight yards or the guy who's late to the touchdown throw, you know, or the guy who's, who's trying to get to the, you know, get to the ball carrier and then he misses. Or it's just... It's kind of sad that every time I watched someone come from the secondary to make a t- try to make a tackle and then blow it, it was always number 24. So, you know, while you have to understand that it is his kind of his rookie year, I didn't think he'd be this bad. Like someone who's this is not like a, right. a seventh. This is not Alohi Gilman that we're trying to develop in, you know, in year two. And he's still making these mistakes. You know, it's your second round pick. You granted a late second round pick, but a guy that people thought could have gone in the first round. And so for him to be looking this bad, I'm I'm all for. It almost means that you're going to be signing Rayshon Jenkins next year, putting him at free safety. And I don't know, like you said, this year, you know, screw it. Put Watkins at strong safety. I don't care if he's barely played any snaps. You know, it's probably better to put him there and Rayshon Jenkins back at free safety. So what a what a disappointment. I didn't see this one coming. This one, this one stinks. And, you know, I know you were really high on him. You know, on a couple of, uh, you know, breakdowns that you were doing of Nasir Adderley. You know, he's so close to making his interceptions. He's so close to making a turnover. But tackling is tackling. You can't tackle and you're blowing games. It's, it's time to see the bench. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's it was weird thinking back to that 2019 draft because I remember people being mad when we took Jerry Tillery in the first round because we should have taken Sir <laughs> Adderley. Uh, that was definitely yeah, a, right. a thing a thing back then. People uh, and honestly, at the time, I thought of him as kind of a first a late first round um, guy, but he just hasn't panned out. And um, as much as we want to say, yeah, it's his rookie year and stuff like that. I totally agree with that because, you know, it's the pandemic shortened off season and everything. But, you know, it's weird to see, you know, other guys, you know, play at, you know, kind of a higher level than him that, you know, aren't aren't that great. Um, we talked about someone like Jalen Watkins, like Jalen Watkins, if he played tomorrow, I think could be better than Rayshon Jenkins uh, or Nasir Adderley. It's like it's just people not. It feels like maybe maybe they're not bought in. I don't know, or they're not taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, it's just hard to say, but it's hard to see a guy like you know, as much as we want to praise him, Caleb Balage, who you know is fighting kind of for every snap in the league, and you know, people that were are at a higher priority for this team, uh, first second round picks, just not fighting nearly as hard. Like, kind of like they don't care. Uh, and I don't think anything epitomized this more uh, in the game than, you know, four Chargers trying to bring down Jakeem Grant uh, to stop a first down gain. And then he spins out of it uh, and, you know, makes Michael Davis and Roderick Teamer and others just look silly. Uh, it, it's just really hard to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, the effort problem is this is the first time I've really diagnosed, I guess, an effort problem, and that's troubling for me with this team. And I don't know what that means for for Lynn going forward. Uh, I have no idea whether he'll be the coach next year or not. Um, but when the Chargers were bad last year, it, it never felt quite this bad, where it's just like you knew you were getting a game out of the Chargers. It never felt like they never were going to show up. Um, so I, I, I don't know. This is just a tough position to be in. Uh, I've been tentative on like really pushing the hot seat button on Lynn, even though I wouldn't really care if he's brought back or not. Um, but at this point, I don't know what you have to lose by firing him. Something, <laughs> something has to, you know, spark this team in some kind of way. And, you know, this kind of effort against Miami was just, it was, it's not excusable. It's something that needs to be corrected. And, you know, you talked about Shane Steichen earlier today, and, you know, all three of us have liked what we've seen from Shane. And if he continues to do that, what he did today, man, I'm out. And I was all excited about the Kalen Blodge thing, you know, revenge game and all that stuff. But there are other players on the team, my man. <laughs> and, you know, calling a draw when you're down 15, like, that play calling was bad today, and you know we've seen over the last couple of weeks that the only way this Chargers team can even get close to winning games is putting the ball in Justin Herbert's hands and letting him make plays. And you know, like you said, it hurts because they have such a special talent at quarterback. They are so close, or have been so close to having a special season, but it is so clear to all of us that they are getting out coached on a weekly basis and that was so blatantly obvious today brian flores is the coach of the year arguably and anthony lynn is probably getting fired so that to me was the difference in the game um yeah it's 
even, you know, the thing that I would have liked to see in this game, even if Justin Herbert, you know, he, obviously he throws the pick to Xavier Howard, which was, you know, a really bad play by him. I'd rather see him, you know, go down swinging than just not trying, right. I guess, at all. Like, they didn't really try anything with him vertically. Mm-mm, didn't help that not many of the receivers got too much separation. Um, but, you know, it's like, I, I'd like to see him take that shot, even if he's going to get picked by Byron Jones or Xavier Howard or somebody, um, to show some semblance of a fight instead of, you know, <laughs> being down 12, as you said, and running it up the gut with Kalen Balage. Um, and I also took issue with how much they, they went to him. You know, I know that they might be scared of the Miami secondary. Um, obviously they, they have a lot of guys back there that can, kind of do damage, but Miami is the 21st ranked passing defense in the league. They're not great. I mean, <laughs> we're not talking about the Legion of Boom here. Uh, I, I'd rather just attack them vertically. And one of the things that we saw about Balazs today, early in the game, uh, Herbert takes that sack, uh, I think it was on second or third down, uh, that was a huge loss because Balazs is coming off the practice squad and he's not, you know, familiar with all the blocking schemes that Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler have gone yep. through. So it's like they gave so much responsibility to a guy who came off the practice squad. <laughs> and it's like that's not only bad for the team, but unfair to Balazs because he's going to make a, you know, uh, a right. mistake in blocking or something. It's like, you know, put put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands, put the ball in Keenan Allen's hands, put the ball in, you know, whoever, uh, you know, Hunter Henry, obviously. Uh, He had a TD, so I guess he was invisible today, but he's been pretty invisible all year. Um, It's just like, give it to your vet guys and and take, you know, take the game. But it, it just feels like they didn't really rely on them at all. And, you know, they're out here giving it to Kalen Balazs, and I understand the need. You know, Miami has a poor run defense, but in the second half, you know, you got to give it to Herbert and just see what he can do. Um, just, it was just such a poor game planning on Steichen's part, you know, and <laughs> the, the funny thing is, even though Balazs had it going, they never really tried play action with Herbert all that much. It's like, that would have been a perfect, you know, time for that. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just such a weird game plan, such a bad game plan uh, from Steichen in the offense. It, it just had me feeling bleh. And I don't know. They It never felt like the <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand Justin Herbert's... Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, it never felt like the Chargers were in the game. You know, they're down 17-14, but they, it never felt like they were in it just because the offense, you never felt confident in them going down the field. Um, and that's the first time I, I felt that way, you know, so, or at least in a couple games. So huh, just, um, just a tough one. And, uh, I, I don't really know how they're going to get better in the short term. Yeah. This game was as, at least for Steichen was as bad as, you know, the week one game, which is understandable. Like I'm working with Tyrod Taylor, new offense, new everything, new lineman, you know, what the hell am I supposed to do? I get it. And he's, but ever since then, it's been a pretty solid, you know, chunk of improvement every single week. And then suddenly this week, it's like they just gave up. And let's just hand. Look, I understand, you know, why you want to hand the ball off to Balaj. It wasn't quite working in the first half, but it is in the second half. You know, he was great for you guys last week. Um, your whole offensive line is there, so you should be able to run the ball. But I just don't understand. Like, like Justin Herbert comes on, you know, the podium and says. Oh, our plan was to run the ball a lot on first down. I mean, why? Why you the, the, like the whole 
<laughs> Why? The whole okay. If you're watching the Rams, I guess because that worked for them. But your whole offense has been scoring, you know, thirty something a week because you're not running it on first down so much. You're putting the ball yeah. in Justin Herbert's hands. It's been working. I I don't like. Maybe run like okay. The, I forget what game it was, but like okay, maybe you can run the ball more because you don't trust your offensive line to block. That's fine. Your whole offensive line is out there, you know, for better or worse. All five starters are out there. I know Turner and Toner switched. I'm not sure what that you know quite what that was about, but so I just don't understand why. Like what what happened? It really to me looked like a team that was just trying to get the fuck out of there and was just, and was just <laughs> trying to like. Like the game ended before four o'clock. It was like three fifteen, like seven, when we messaged each other to say, "Oh, you guys want to record?" Like it wasn't even four o'clock yet, and that game was over. It just looked like these this team wanted to get the hell out of there. So I, it's a huge, 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 huge stock down for Shane Steichen, who you know we even considered, you know, shoot, he's doing looking really good as an offensive coordinator. This team is looking really good on offense. Yeah. Should he be the next head coach? <laughs> after that i mean holy shit you know what happened I, I don't know what happened it was a terrible game plan no adjustment and like you said everyone got outcoached and including shane Steichen got outcoached and it was it was ugly so even the bright spots that we've come to at least acknowledge of the last couple of weeks stunk yeah man it was just it was an unfortunate i, I don't know like if they watched the the broadcast from last week and they just like we're listening to Mark Schlereth talk about the running game and like they're like, oh shit, like the running game, Mark Schlereth says it works, so we have to do it. Oh, like no. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man. It was it was bad. I was really excited to see what Kalen Balaj could do, man, but not twenty-three freaking touches excited. Like they had sixty snaps and Kalen Balaj touched the ball on twenty-three of them. Like, that's not that's not okay. And you know, where where was Troy Main Pope? Like where was anyone besides Kalen Balaj, man? And there were a couple times early in the game where they did some nice little RPO actions to to Jalen Guyton and, and you know to Keenan Allen. Like where was that? And it was just a frustrating start to finish from from the offense. And to me, something that really just irks me with this team is when they need to get into like a three two minute situation. There's just no sense of urgency. Like it, every single play, it takes 15 seconds for them to, for them to snap the ball, and it, it, it's just slow communication all across the board. And and like that's not okay with me. Like you need to in these situations when you're trailing, you need to be able to get the play into your quarterback fast, get everything set up, and go. And there's just no sense of urgency ever. And we saw that even in week one when they were trailing, there was no sense of urgency. And you know, Alex mentioned like letting Herbert cook and letting letting him go out swinging. Like, you know, we saw what happened when Joe Burrow got down and was taking a beating against the Browns. What did they do? They let him throw the ball fifty five times or whatever it was. Like, let your young quarterback take advantage of this time when he's trailing and and like get some experience in this kind of situation and get familiar with running a real two minute offense. And so. The whole thing was a giant swing and a miss from the coaching staff today, and it was just unfortunate. That's a great point about the no, um, no effort, no hurry up, no you know excitement. There was a play where I would watch Mike Williams just like take ten seconds to jog, you know, to the huddle or whatever <laughs> they're trying to do, turning up offense. Like it was, I'll yeah. find it, I'll find it. There was, a, I'm like, what are you doing? Like that's that's, that's basic effort. That's, I mean, even coaching. Like, d- did this team just give up? It really looked like this team freaking gave up today, and I it looks like. 2016, end of the season, 
you know, we're done with Mike McCoy. It really, it really looked like they just gave up everywhere. I don't know what happened today. Ugh. Yeah, Alex Smith uh, nearly died, uh, and the Washington Football Organization uh, <laughs> let him throw 55 times today. Like, he was almost dead, and they let him throw 55 times, and Herbert can't even get 30 throws. Steven, pull up the box score for me. How many throws did Justin Herbert have today? I think it was uh, he was 20 for 32. Or not. How many throws did he have today? 32. 32. So he has 32 throws. Uh, and Balaj has 23 touches. I'm like, it, it, the only world where I want to see that happen is if the Chargers are up 32 points. That's the only time that I want to <laughs> see that happen. And it's just like, I, I, I don't understand what we're doing. And we want to talk about lack of urgency. Last week, they get the ball back with four and a half minutes against the Raiders, and they do jack shit until the two-minute warning where they're at the 40-fucking-yard line, and they did nothing until the two-minute warning, and then they're throwing Texas routes to Joshua Kelly, which actually cost them uh, one last throw at the end of the game. So it, it it's tough to, like, watch this team, you know, have no urgency, and I was having about the same amount of urgency playing Mario Golf on my phone while I was watching the fucking game. Because <laughs> it, it, it was... I, I don't... I don't know. Um, I probably had, like, five other thoughts, but I can't even think about them right now because I'm so angry. <laughs> That's okay. How did your golf game go? Uh, it was pretty good. I won <laughs> the... Uh, I don't know what it's called. The Mushroom Cup uh, in the Mario Golf. So cool. it was pretty fun. Sweet. So so we had Tyler doing homework. Alex was playing Mario Golf on his phone, man. <laughs> that is the state of the Chargers in 2020. Oh man. Not to mention I I I I I had to watch the fucking Eagles today. I had to watch that. And then the Chargers come out and look like that. And then Josh <laughs> Allen plays a good game and I can't even slander Josh Allen. It was just a terrible game. Like fuck me sideways, man. Like holy crap. Hey man, that Hail Mary from from Kyler Murray though. That was insane. Yeah. That was nice. Did you get a chance to see that yet, Alex? Oh. No, because my internet was dead yeah, and had to restart the podcast. So I seen it. <laughs> oh man, you gotta go watch that play, but it that is a not a fun day, man. The Eagles disaster, losing to the Giants like that. But hey dude, the Eagles are still in first place in the division, man. <laughs> three five three five this team. Oh god, this team's gonna host a playoff <laughs> game against Tampa Bay. Holy shit! And win. <laughs> and they might beat Brady. Jesus Christ. Um, the Eagles are gonna be like six, eight, and one man, and be first in the division. <laughs> Probably. It's. I don't know. Six wins might be tough at this point, but six wins might be tough for the Chargers too. Who fucking knows? Oh. Um. I don't know. Anyway, back to the Chargers. Gosh, it, man. Do I want to talk about the Chargers? So disappointing. Um, but it was just, yeah, so hard to not see the urgency from this team. Like we mentioned, the special teams errors just keep multiplying. I, I didn't even get to see Trey Turner's unnecessary roughness. I'm sure he did something dumb because he did something dumb the whole game. Um, but I don't know, man. It, it It's just... I'm, yeah, I'm speechless. I, I I don't know what to do. Yeah, man, it, it's tough. And uh, I don't know how it gets better. I mean, they play the Jets next week. Like, 
We're gonna get, we're gonna get fucking hammered if they lose that game. <laughs> we're gonna get so fucking hammered, dude. I'm gonna die, and Alex is going to have to call the ambulance because I'm going into fucking. I'm getting allergic, and I'm dying. My heart's exploding. My face is red and splotchy. I'm going to die on this podcast. Somewhere between zero and 60 minutes. I'm going to die if they lose to the Jets next week. All right. And Steven's going to drink. And I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like either, man. <laughs> yeah. If we, if we lose to the Jets, I think that... I mean, we just... We have to fire Lynn ourselves at that point. Like, we just have to fire everyone. Even if we have no authority to do so, like, we have to call the police. I don't know... For sure. <laughs> this is just... Uh, it's so... It, I don't... Yeah, man, and this it's... team could reasonably lose to the Jets, because the Jets have been like playing kind of better than they have been, and sometimes they score nine points, which <laughs> might be enough to beat yep. the Chargers next week. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, it, talking more about some of the other stuff in this game, like, just straight up, they can't get any defensive pressure without Bosa, which is disappointing. We mentioned that before. Kenneth Murray just, he looks like ass. Uh, I don't know what that dude's doing on the football field. Can we continue to bench him for communication issues? Because we might as well. It might help us beat the Jets. Um, and then in the secondary, Jenkins was fine today, I guess. And Adderley was the worst. Um, Casey Hayward allowed Devontae Parker to, like, eat his lunch 90% of the time. Um, so the defense is kind of bad. So that was a defensive rundown. Uh, talking about the offense, we talked about Kalen Balazs, uh Hunter Henry being invisible. It, it's just, it's so, it's so terrible. Uh, I just don't know. I, I don't even have a larger point. I'm really just ranting now. Uh, but that's, that's, that's fine. this football team. <laughs> And it, it, we talked about the receivers not getting any separation. I'm like, the only time I feel like I saw a receiver get any separation was when Jalen Guyton, you know, got on got on somebody and then Herbert overthrew him. Uh, then Herbert overthrows Mike Williams by 50 yards in the back of the end zone. I'm, I'm just, I'm yeah, at man. a point, man. It's tough because, like, you know, two weeks ago, Eh, not two weeks, like like three weeks ago after they beat the Jaguars, it was like, okay, like, let's go. Like, let's get on a run here. And, you know, I put that poll out of, like, the next five games. Like, how many wins do you see? And, you know, I was like, okay, like, two or three. Like, let's go. Like, let's make it happen. And now they're going to lose to the fucking Jets. Like, <laughs> uh... The worst thing about this is that PFF did that thing preseason where they put the Chargers with the top pick. They're going to be fucking right. The Chargers are going to get the top pick, and PFN's going to be right on that shit. It's so terrible. No, they're not. Oh, gosh. If they lose to the Jets, no, they'll the get Jets the second get pick one other win. just to fuck with us. They'll get the second pick. No, they're not going to get that first pick. They'll get the, they'll get the second pick just to spite them. <laughs> Dude, it's remember like, remember when the, the Browns were like 0-12 and the Chargers lost to them? Like, that, that's going to happen again this week. I, I, I can't handle losing to an 0-9 Jets team. Like, this is going to be so embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed to be a Chargers fan today. And, you know, my wife uh, is a converted Packers fan, and she was like, I don't know how you do this every single week. I generally do not understand, like, the mental fortitude of being a Chargers fan. And I was like, you're telling me, like, this is... <laughs> This is as low as it gets, and 
it sucks because, like I said, three weeks ago, I was like, this team's going to start pulling together some wins. Like, they're going to figure it out. And they have given up. Like, this team is done. They've mailed it in. You know, 2020 is done. We're, we're headed to the draft, which fucking sucks. I'm so disappointed. Anything good happen to you guys recently? Uh, I mean, besides the Chargers, man, like, my life is pretty good. Like, I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I guess I can't complain about, like, life in in the broader scheme of things um but yeah you know the thing about life and being a sports fan is it just it kicks the shit out of you all the time but you keep coming back and at some point you wonder why do i fucking keep coming back to a chargers franchise that has given me nothing they've given me nothing all they've given me is the jets playoff game the patriots playoff game and I just keep coming back every week for more punishment. And at some point, it's like, do I leave the team? No, I'm never going to leave the team because I'm not stupid. But also, I'm stupid for not leaving this team. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll just move and make it easier on all of us. They'll move to, you know, London. I'd probably follow them oh, to gosh. Toronto because I'm stupid. I don't even. I'm not even from California, and I root for this shit fucking team. I'm not even from there. And why do you vote root for the Chargers? To, I don't know New Zealand. I'd probably still root for them, the New Zealand fucking Dragons or whatever. I don't know. I would root for the New Zealand Chargers. If I fucking root for that, yeah, that'd be so cool. I don't know, man. It was it was a rough weekend, like for my sports fandom, because the state of Utah does not believe in COVID, and it <laughs> has derailed their football season before it even started. Oh. And then that, and then the Chargers put that piece of garbage out today. So it was it was a rough weekend for for sports. And you know, watching college football yesterday, I was just like, I I, I don't know what I'm doing here today. Like I just. I just can't watch football today, so we turned it off. We watched a, we watched a, a '90s movie from I can't even remember which one we watched, but it was a rough weekend for sports. The yep. the good thing uh, I think is Rutgers is one and three, Penn State is zero and four. So that's like the only thing yeah, that I have yeah, going for me. Yeah, fuck Penn State. There we go. <laughs> Penn State. Oh, or I call them pedo states, so they're <laughs> lucky to even have a football season at all. They should mm. have the death sentence right now. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, man. I, if this team loses to the Jets, I don't know what I'm going to do with this <laughs> freaking podcast, man. <laughs> It'll be entertaining as hell. And you know what? I think we should have everybody on. And I don't care who you are. And we'll live stream it. And... You know, I'll take a shot for every touchdown or field goal they score, and that's what we'll do. And <laughs> okay, Alex, the Chargers, I don't know. If Steven, Chargers you can probably lose. drink like like I'm a little Asian guy with an Asian glow. I'm gonna die, but Steven can probably drink like hell. Oh, sorry, Alex, am I cutting you off? I, can't I don't care. Zoom, so. Yeah, let's Alex get better. Get better internet, Alex. <laughs> I don't know. Are you still? Is anybody still listening? Like the last fifteen minutes have just been not Chargers related at all, which is fine. Yeah, I mean it's better to not be Chargers related in a way. Like let's just make this. I don't know. Like a, I don't know a basketball podcast. Free agencies coming up. We could make this really. We could do anything with it. We could talk about I don't know politics. We we could do fucking anything. But talking about the Chargers is just well, I'm not miserable. Politics, man. And it's like it's never going to get better. It's until maybe the draft next year, or like I don't know, like it. It's I don't. 
Spanos, sell the team. I don't know. Do something. I, I, I don't even want to be anti-Spanos, but I'll just be anti-Spanos because he's been doing this to 14 years for me. Um, and the whole team, man. It's it's a mess. It is a mess. So hopefully they can uh, figure out that these coaches suck at their jobs and can uh, hopefully get some good good new ones next year. And a lot of my friends have like, why do you love the draft so much? Because I'm a Chargers fan. <laughs> it's the only weekend of the year where the Chargers yeah. can go undefeated. Well, I the mean, they can go, they can go pretty the defeated <laughs> in the draft in the long term. <laughs> they can go defeated in the draft in the long term. I mean, Nasir Adderley looks like a fucking bum, and look at all the bad picks now. So is the draft really just... Like a, a mental, you know, response for us where, you know, we get some like, I don't know, uh, whatever the fucking, I can't even think, the enzyme that secreases in your brain or whatever and you get happiness. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the draft serves as that in the short term, but in the long term, the draft has given us a lot of pain. And Jerry Tillery got hurt today. So <laughs> the draft is a mess. You know, the yeah. draft, we like the draft because when you walk into your first class at high school and you realize there's a hot girl in your group and it's your Spanish class and you get to sit next to her and be a partner with her and you're like, yeah, I have a shot. And in about 30 seconds, you figure out you don't. That's the draft. But for a <laughs> moment there, you do think you have a shot. So, you know, there we buena go. suerte. Relatable content from Tyler. I think that's a good way to end it. Um, yeah, man. You know, we're going to keep doing this because, like like Alex said, we're stupid and we're Chargers fans. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be fun, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully this team can figure out how to way to get to 5-11 and 11 because that's, that's kind of like the benchmark, I guess, for the Chargers football. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that'll do it for today's show, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the, the ranting and, and <laughs> took some, you know, some solace so that you're not alone in the frustrations. Um, I guess we'll see what next week looks like and, and how <laughs> drunk or not we might be. Um, but that'll do it for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you. This team fucking sucks. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.